Welcome to episode number 15 of the Who Am I podcast with the Southside Church of Christ, where we are digging into what it means to be a Christian week in and week out. I'm Brian Dill, and here with me, as always, is the amazing Jackson Wells. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Today we are talking about a guy named Barnabas. Jackson, have you ever known anyone named Barnabas? No. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because, you know, there's so many weird names out there. Oh, yeah. But Barnabas never caught on. I looked up 2021... It was the 5,521st wow. most common name. Wow. Well, there were only 16 baby boys in 2021 named Barnabas. No way. <laughs> that surprises me. I figured it would be more than that. Good yeah. grief. Yeah. <laughs> so I looked up a list of famous Barnabases. And oh. The, oh, okay. The Bible Barnabas is the, the number oh, one. Oh, well, for sure. <laughs> After that, it's like footballer from Nigeria or something like that. And it's <laughs> right. Like, okay. Right. Yeah, these, these guys aren't that famous. <laughs> Compare that to other names like Tom. And sure, it was like, sure. Sure. There were some like disamb- disambiguation pages. Oh, brother. Which there were so many people named Tom whatever oh, that they right, were like sure. pages dedicated to making sure you knew which Tom whatever you were talking about. But you don't have to worry about that for Barnabas. Uh, if that's we're talking for about sure. Barnabas, you know who we're talking that's about. That's exactly right. Well, Let's go ahead and get this episode started. So, Barnabas. This week, our episode is called, Am I a Barnabas? And one of the things that that you listeners out there may or may not know is that Barnabas was not Barnabas's name. <laughs> I mean, it's his name was Joseph, but the apostles apparently gave him this nickname of Barnabas, and we'll get into why that is in just a minute. But this got me to thinking, Jackson. Have you ever been given a nickname yeah. that stuck? <laughs> yeah, sort of. Okay, I just I'm, I'm laughing because they went from Joseph to Barnabas. Like n- nothing indicates in in the the way that we speak. Right. Um, I don't think nicknames worked the same back in the first century. Oh, <laughs> well, because because my nickname um, as a child was Jack Spratt. Oh, okay. Uh, which Spratt or Brat? Spratt. Okay. And good. you know there were definitely you know we'd, we'd play on it. It was Jack Spratt brat at, at you know, <laughs> points in time but my uncle donnie came up with the name well he didn't come up with the name jack spratt but that's what he that's what he always called me and so it the the name jack spratt derives from a poem oh written in like the 1600s and there's oh, like okay. all this like idea about what it actually means is it about king charles <laughs> and his greedy wife but this is i'm gonna read you the the poem in the the way that we get in the nickname real quick it's just four lines jack spratt could eat no fat his wife could eat no lean. And so between them both, you see, they licked the platter clean. And <laughs> All right. Yeah, so what, what, random. what I find funny about that is Jack Spratt is a person who is small in stature, or Spratt, that's what that means. Oh, okay, okay. I was never small in stature. <laughs> so I don't know why. I don't know why Uncle Donnie thought that. I needed to be called Spratt. Other yeah. than it was just, it, it went with it. Right. Know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you have uh, any nicknames? No, not not really. You know, because 
I mean, I mean, you know, kids will make up stuff, you yeah. know, that, you know, things that rhyme with your name, you know, yeah. Lion, Brian, Ha, Ha, you know, whatever. <laughs> was uh, it L-Y-I-N or yes. L-I-O-N? <laughs> yeah, not Lion, like the Lions Club that I am actually in now. <laughs> uh, you are but, Lion, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the closest... Someone told you that when you were a kid and you took it very seriously. <laughs> I guess so, that's it. <laughs> Well, I think I think the closest that I came to having a nickname was a lot of people, like in high school, would just call me Dill. Yeah. Just because there were so many Bryans. Yeah. And and so like in in band, for example, there were four Bryans and a Bryant. Wow. And it was like, well, if somebody just says Brian, who are you talking to? Yeah. And so it was just easier for people to just call me Dill. Well, and I thought, you know, well, that was just a high school thing, you know. Uh, because there's so many Bryants. Well, I get to college, and just naturally, just people just start calling me Dill again. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? I don't know what it is. I mean, it's just, you know, and my wife, my now wife, for a long time was just call me Dill. But once we started dating pretty seriously, I was like, hey, could you please actually call me by my name? Oh, <laughs> Instead man. of like we're on a football team together or something. What's up, Dill? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's great. See, I think I would have called you Big Deal because it sounds like Big Deal, you know. Right. Right. Um, speaking of Deal, I had a I've got a cousin. It's Donnie's son. So the the guy who gave me the nickname, right? Um, his son was Dylan, and so he was Dill Pickle. Ah, uh, um, yes. And so every of like to to this day, we'll be hanging out with Dylan, and we'll be what's up, Pickle. <laughs> so yeah, of course, you know there there were all kinds of you know. Pickle or, or you yeah. know, whatever, you know, just things like that with the last name Dill, of course. <laughs> yeah, nothing really ever stuck as a like an official nickname or yeah. anything. I've always wanted to be called Jack just because okay. it sounds cool. Um, and, and there's actually somebody at church that has started doing that. Is kind that of, right? Kind of as a joke, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, it, I always introduce myself as Jackson, and so people just call me Jackson. But right. Right. If you're listening and you want to call me Jack, go ahead. <laughs> Is it Marvin? No, it's oh, okay. it, it's, it's, it's Wanda. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so now as we get into the meat of the week, Barnabas's nickname means, well, Barnabas means son of encouragement. I think that is maybe the coolest nickname ever mm-hmm. because yeah. I mean we don't we don't get nicknames like that today. We don't. We, we, we get don't. Jack Spratt yeah. or Dill Pickle or yeah. you know whatever. It's like uh, that's that doesn't actually mean anything cool. Son of encouragement, man. Yeah. Of all the nicknames you could be given, that's that's a pretty great nickname yeah. to be given. <laughs> We're gonna look at three moments um, in the life of Barnabas that demonstrate why he got that nickname. I think of football players a little bit whenever I think of, like, (laughs) nicknames. Like Peyton Manning, he's the sheriff, right? Is he the sheriff? I don't know. I never heard that one. You never heard that one? (laughs) I think he's the sheriff. Maybe I didn't pay enough attention. (laughs) I think he's the sheriff because he's calling the shots, you know? Okay, okay. And and he he earned that nickname because of what he did while he was – on the field. Sure. Barnabas earned this nickname because of the things that he did while he was encouraging others. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The The first text that we're going to look at is in Acts chapter 4. They're, they're all in Acts, but the first one is going to be in Acts chapter 4, verses 36 through 37, and I'll read that. 
Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Okay. Pretty pretty good start. We've got we've right. got a guy who's willing to to give of himself. Yes, absolutely. I, I always think that like that's one of the keys to the idea of being someone that's encouraging. Yeah. Is generosity. Yeah. It's contagious too. Right. I think I think that whenever somebody else sees someone giving, they immediately think that you can either think of it negatively or of it positively. And I think people tend to think of it positively because then they're like, well, what can I give? And so Barnabas is encouraging others to to give not by the words he's saying here, but by his action. And we'll see later there's action involved as well. Oh, sure. But there's words involved as well. But he he was willing to go out of his way to encourage others. And he may have not even realized that in this moment he was encouraging other people. <laughs> because I think sure. today we are encouraged by that, just those, those two verses. Today we're, we're giving in a very similar manner, which is just amazing. Yeah, I think that's something that's really cool to see. And, and we see that uh, now, of course, the... The negative side, as you go on into chapter 5, is that when uh, Ananias and Sapphira see, oh, hey, Barnabas and these other people are getting a lot of recognition, uh, we want some recognition too. And then they mm-hmm. go about their giving in the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Barnabas, you know, inspires people yeah. uh, with with his giving. And, uh, and he's – what I think is interesting about that passage there in Acts chapter 4 is that it says – that the apostles called him Barnabas. And to me, I get the impression that he already had this nickname yeah. even before this. Yeah. So I'm thinking, man, what else has this guy been doing? That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. The next passage that we're going to look at is Acts chapter 9. And it's just a couple verses here um, after the apostle or <laughs> the man who becomes the apostle Paul, <laughs> who is known as Saul still at this point. After he has been converted, he comes back to Jerusalem, and starting with verse 26 of Acts chapter 9, it says, And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord, who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he, that's his Saul, went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. Now, think about what Barnabas is doing here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Saul has been persecuting the church. And Saul may have even imprisoned some of Barnabas's friends and family. Yeah. And yet Barnabas is willing to give Saul the benefit of the doubt. And, I, and I've wondered, how did, how did Barnabas know what's written there in verse 27? How did he know that Saul had been converted on the road to Damascus? How did he know that he had preached uh, in Damascus boldly for the name? I think the answer to that, the only way he could have known is by talking to Saul. Yeah. And, and having a genuine conversation with, with Saul. 
And I think that's one of the things that we sort of struggle with when it comes to what assumptions we do or don't make about people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're suspicious. Mm-hmm. We we think that maybe they have ulterior motives or we think they're not telling us the whole truth or something that causes us to hesitate. And, boy, wouldn't it be nice to be more like Barnabas mm-hmm. right here? Yeah, and the implications of this, of Barnabas kind of standing up for now Paul, are huge. Because if, if Paul had come into this discipleship or, and, and then been like, no, I'm, like everybody had been like, no, I'm sorry, you, you, can't, you can't be with us, you tried to kill us. No, right, you're not welcome here. <laughs> if he hadn't have gotten past that, would we have gotten <laughs> right the letters that we have? <laughs> right. Imagine uh, how different the history of the church would have been yeah. or might have been. Yeah, it's. That's I think crazy. it's it's so important to have somebody in your corner willing to yes. to go go to bat for you. Right. Um, and the only way that you're going to have that or be that for somebody is to have a conversation with them. And, Absolutely. And get to know them. That way you can vouch for them, because that's exactly what Barnabas did for Paul here. Right, right. So if we if we want to be more like Barnabas, if we want to be an encourager, then one of the steps that we have to take is is getting to know people, actually taking the time to do that, and assume the best first yeah. about people. Innocent till proven guilty. Yeah. I mean, come Man, on. We don't... We don't <laughs> always buy into that these we days do we we don't uh, uh but but what a what a great example that is coming from barnabas there yep the third passage that we're going to look at is acts chapter 11 verses 20 through 26 and this is what it says but there were some of them men of cyprus and cyrene who on coming to antioch spoke to the hellenists also preaching the lord jesus and the hand of the lord was with them and a great number who believed turned to the lord The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Yeah, that's such a such a cool passage to think about. There's so many little things going on there. Yeah, that I think are really interesting, especially when it comes to Barnabas's role. Yeah, in all of this, he, he's he's in Jerusalem. He gets they they start hearing about the stuff that's going on in Antioch, right? And he gets sent to Antioch, and he's right. like. He's like a hype man. <laughs> he is. Well, and, and I was just thinking, you know, the, the apostles had to had to say, okay, who should we send mm-hmm. to Antioch? Hmm, do we send Peter? Nah, maybe not. <laughs> you know, do we send Thomas? I, you know, nah, Thaddeus? Nah. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't know what the thought process was, but for whatever reason, it's it's you know who's really made for this? Barnabas. Yeah. It's just it's just neat that we have a character in the Bible that we we overlook a lot, I think, maybe because sure. there's not as much about him. That's true. But that he's known as the encourager. He's. When's the last time we had somebody come to church just to 
be like, man, you guys are doing great. Yeah. Keep it up. I, right. I love what you're doing. And then, and then stayed for a year, you know? Um, yeah. That, that's, that's, I don't think that's ever happened, <laughs> but <laughs> um, it's just such a unique thing. And it's a, it's a realization for us. We need to be encouraging to other Christians because who knows what is going on in anybody's lives. If we can be that positive person for somebody else or for yes. a congregation, it makes a big difference in a lot of lives. Absolutely. And, and I think about, uh, you know, what we skipped here between chapter 9 and chapter 11 is that Saul slash Paul had to uh, escape Jerusalem. He had to run home mm-hmm. to Tarsus to keep from uh, being arrested himself. And... Barnabas is here in Antioch, and he sees how great things are going. And for whatever reason, he thinks, you know, who could really be of use here is Saul. Yes. So he goes over to Tarsus, which is not a short trip, and brings him back to Antioch. And I think that's such a great example for us of what it means to be an encourager because each of us have probably had at some point in our lives someone who takes us under their wing and says, you know what, you would be really good at yes. this. Or, yes. hey, have you tried this? I think you could could do this really well. Yeah. Um, I, that, that in and of itself, there was a retreat that I was at several years ago, and it was... We were talk. We talked about Paul, Barnabas, and Timothy, and yes. the relationship that each one of those had with an, with, with each other. Right, and we we all need to be somebody's Barnabas, and we yes. all need a Barnabas. That's right. We all need to be somebody's Paul, and we need to be a Paul to somebody. Right. We're all a Timothy to somebody else. Yes. Don't be. I don't. I don't guess you can. I guess you could be a Timothy to the person you're being. That, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting convoluted. Um, but the the idea of being the encourager or having the encourager, the only way, and this goes back to a point we said earlier, the only way to get to that point is to to talk to people and to get to know them. Right. Because when you get to know somebody, that's when you can say, man, you would be great at leading singing or you would be great yes. at teaching a class. That's the only way you're going to get to know a person to encourage them. Right. And Barnabas was apparently really, really good at that because he, he saw the potential in Paul. He knew Paul well enough and was like, this is where I can plug you in and you can start to shine. Absolutely. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I remember uh, my first sermon that I ever preached was begrudgingly at the end of my high school years. <laughs> my, my youth minister, Danny Boggs, said... As as I was getting toward the end of my senior year, he said, "Hey, do you remember when I first came here and showed up as the as the new youth minister, which was when I was thirteen and just coming into the youth group myself?" Mm-hmm. He said, "We made a deal that you would preach one sermon before you graduated high school," <laughs> and I said, "What? <laughs> I do not remember this. I think you're making this up. You know, I." I still don't ever remember making that deal, <laughs> but he said he said that it was me and my friend Alan both had said, okay, sure, yeah, we'll, we agree to do uh-huh. that or whatever. And he said, I'll tell you what, instead of each of you preaching a sermon, you can split the sermon. You okay. know, each of you do half a sermon. Whew, okay, all right, good. 
well, like two days before Sunday, Alan tells me he's not going to do it. And oh, I'm man. like, dude, what are you doing? And so I'm just like, oh, I think maybe that sermon was 11 minutes. Yeah, I hey, mean. That's about right. <laughs> it was so bad. And part of it was like me reading out of a book that like, I was like, okay, this is a really good point. I'm just going to read this, you know. <laughs> so it was it was so bad. But I got a lot of encouragement mm-hmm. from, you know, my youth minister, my preacher, other people in the congregation, lots of good encouragement. Yeah. Not because I was thinking about going into ministry at that point in my life at all, or anything, but it was really something that I thought about more later as I started thinking about ministry full time and I thought, oh, yeah, maybe maybe I can do this, you know. Yeah. Nobody said, Hey, don't ever speak publicly yeah. again. <laughs> this is a that that the nobody's ever come up to me after a sermon and been like, You need to you need to quit. You need to rethink your <laughs> maybe ministry's not for you. Yeah. Uh, I, to to be honest, I think anybody who is willing to get up in front of a congregation and speak deserves some level of encouragement. Yes, and absolutely. <laughs> because uh, some people just aren't built for that. But whenever you do receive that encouragement, it, it does make you think: Is this? Do do I need to do this more? Should right. I do this more? Right. So we we need to one we need to encourage our young people to take those take those chances. Um, put yes. themselves out there, whether it be teaching a class or you know, doing something, we need to encourage them. One, they'll probably like it more than they realize. Two, they might really find that it's something that they want to continue doing later in life, which is, we need that. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and I think, you know, we said it with the Acts chapter 9 passage, but I think it applies to this passage too. You know, where would the story of the church have been if Barnabas had not gone over to Tarsus and picked up Paul, Saul, and brought him back to Antioch, you know, he may have stayed in Tarsus and just decided to be a a teacher or something and just lived out the rest of his life in Tarsus. And and then I don't know where we get two-thirds of the New Testament. for real, for real. (laughs) Well, I think now the question is, am I a Barnabas? That's, That's the question that I think we're encouraging everyone who's listening this week to ask themselves. Am I a Barnabas? I honestly can't think of many better ways to be known yeah. than to be known as an encourager. If you if you can earn the nickname Barnabas, one, you know you're around good people. Because right. they read the Bible because <laughs> nobody else knows what, what that Barnabas means. means. <laughs> um, and two, they, they know that you are willing to go out of your way for other people to encourage people, which is a, a great quality. Absolutely. So just just keep in mind this week, you know, if you want to be more like Barnabas, be more generous, give people the benefit of the doubt, communicate with people, and look for ways to help others use their gifts for God. We want to thank everyone for listening to this week's episode. We hope and pray that each episode is helpful to you in some way, especially as we are focusing on growing in our identity as followers of Jesus. Have a blessed day.